Hello, and welcome to another episode of the For the Good podcast. I'm Michelle. If you are new here, thank you so much for listening or watching on YouTube. We're going to go ahead and jump in because I am passionate about today's topic, and it is a good one. So today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest Christian hot takes, which I don't, I guess it's not technically Christian related because if you're a Christian, you don't believe in this anyways. So we'll just say it's a regular hot take in this generation. So today we're going to talk about soulmates and if they exist or not. (laughs) This is a good one. So we're going to dive in. I have two resources that I'm going to be using today. Obviously, we know I will be reading from the Bible So I have some verses in there. And then I also have one of my favorite books. This book literally transformed the way that I approach dating now. And I read it after my breakup over a year ago. And after I read it, I was literally a slap in the face because I was like, I was dating all wrong. Like, we'll get into detail. But it just completely changed my perspective on Christian dating. Um, so it is called Outdated by Jonathan Pecluda, JP. He is an amazing pastor. If you have not listened to any of his messages, please go listen to them. He started the porch in Dallas um, at Watermark Church, and now he is, I forget where he's at. He's in Waco now at a Baptist church, but he also has a podcast called Becoming Something. He still directs all of his messages towards the younger generation, so young adults. It is amazing. Go give it a listen. But this book is basically about Christian dating and how to find a love that lasts in this generation because this generation, I don't know if you already knew this or not, or if you've experienced this, but we have a really hard time dating (laughs) with technology and just these Hollywood movies that are trying to show you what their version of love looks like is ridiculous. And it has had a huge impact on dating. So we will be using some knowledge from that book that JP wrote, and then I'll read some verses. So I do have notes again, because I want to make sure I don't miss anything. And when I was writing these notes, I was like, my fingers were on fire. I was typing so fast because this is just something that like, it's ridiculous. It is a topic that nowadays people are like, oh, like you have to find the one, like he's the one. No. We're going to debunk that myth right now, and after you listen to this podcast, you are going to start dating totally different. I hope you will. Anyways, I hope it sticks with you as much as it stuck with me. And this is just like a little snippet of his book. He talks about so much in that book, but we're just going to talk about literally one chapter (laughs) in the book. We'll start off basic. So to believe in soulmates means that you believe there is your other half out there somewhere. Okay, so soulmates dates back years ago, like years ago. And it's basically the idea that you were put here to find your other half. Like you're one half and then you're trying to find the other half so that you can complete each other and you're a perfect match. You found the one, okay? 
So let's just like start off basic. So the only one that is going to complete us is Jesus. Okay, so we're already whole. And First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 through 24 tell us this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Whole. We are whole because of Jesus. Jesus completes us. So why are you going out trying to find your other half and be completed by another person here on earth? A lot of you who are out here dating, trying to find someone, first need to make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus and that he is the only thing you find your confidence in. If I'm being honest, that was something that I struggled with because I, like I said in my very first episode, I was someone who identified as being in a relationship and I relied on someone else to complete me to the point where I lost myself. Like, I didn't even know how I was anymore for years. Like, this past year, 2022 was like the biggest year of growth for me. I got back to the person I was when I was like 15, obviously way more mature, but that was before I started dating. And I finally felt so much peace and so complete once I got back into my faith and really focused on my relationship with Jesus. And a lot of people that have been around me have said that I seem different and that I'm glowing and I just seem like I have so much confidence. And it's because I stopped looking towards other people in relationships. I stopped relying on someone else to like make me feel complete and like I was important to them. We're all imperfect people. Okay, and if you're looking for an imperfect person here on earth to complete you, you've got it all wrong, especially if you're a Christian. So believing this theory of soulmates, you're making yourself think that you're not complete until you find them. So you spend all of this time on a quest to find your soulmate, basically. Also, the most important part of diving into this topic is the fact that it's not biblical. There is not one verse in the Bible that mentions soulmates. God never says he has one perfect person for everyone picked out for them. They don't exist. Honestly, the first shift that needs to happen in your mind when you're dating as a Christian is the fact that there's not one person for you and there are multiple people that would be a good match. And it is something difficult to like sit here and think about and like, oh, well, I can make it work with them. I can make it work with them. I can make it work with them. And we'll get into like what you look for. But when you are dating as a Christian, it is your job to figure out who would be the best match for you out of your options. God is in charge of giving us discernment using the Holy Spirit on like whether or not it would be a good match. So he is definitely involved in the process of finding someone to spend the rest of your life with. Don't don't disregard that. He's involved. It's just the fact that he doesn't have one single perfect person picked out for each and every one of us. Now God can send you people. That is true. He can be like, you know what? I'm like, that's why I love, I love 
watching wedding videos that have like the story of how the people met because it's like okay that was a god moment like the fact that they were at the same place at the same time and the fact that they just clicked they had a lot in common and it's a godly marriage like oh my goodness I love listening to those stories and that is totally possible he is super involved in the process it's just debunking this myth that like there's one perfect person The commitment, love, and intimacy that people want out of this idea of a soulmate can be found in a kingdom marriage. All of that to say, it's important that you find someone that is going to grow the kingdom with you and honor God with you. Because if you're a Christian, that is the most important part about being with someone. Okay, so we're going to get into the book. I have a lot of notes that I took from there. So I'm just... I'm just going to go through and read them. So I already said this, but the truth is that there are many people to choose from and really just a few places to look for them. Now, we live in a culture of dating apps and meeting online, which I'm not opposed to. I have used them, but I'm going through a phase right now with myself, basically, that I want it to be supernatural, personal preference. So kind of throw all of that away. But it's also important that you are involved in community. So I talked about this in a Q&A on my first video. So being in a Christian community gives you the opportunity to meet someone naturally that you have a lot in common with. You start as friends, you're involved in a community group together, and then you end up clicking and you're like, hey, you know what? I feel like we would make a pretty good match. What do you say? <laughs> so if you go and search for a spouse with the mentality that there is one out there for you, once you get that person, you've won. Like this entire idea of finding a soulmate, like you you won. You won the trophy. You won the award, right? You, you found your soulmate. It's over. The journey is done, right? After you find them, since it is the one, everything will be fine and you'll never have conflict because you're a perfect match, right? You are like you found the one, for you. You go in with the expectations that once you find this perfect person for you, that God set you to find, and you have all of these high expectations of a perfect relationship. And it's like, wait a second, you're two imperfect people here on earth trying to have a kingdom marriage. No relationship is perfect. I don't care what the movies, I don't care what TV, reality TV, like YouTubers, like everything is a highlight reel. I don't care what people are telling you. Relationships are hard and they take so much work. It's just a matter of who do you want to get through all of that with? Like, who do you want to resolve conflict with? Who do you want to go through all of these hardships with? Because life's hard. And also by doing this, by looking for this perfect person that has everything that matches you perfectly. You are overlooking other good options and other people that could potentially be a good match for you. So like if someone has like all of the things that are in common with you, let's say, obviously the first thing being they're a fully devoted follower, they're a believer. And then let's say, I don't know, this is a stupid example, but it's the first one that came into my head. They golf and you play racquetball. I don't know. Those are the first two things that came to my head. And you're like, you know what? No, we don't like the same hobby. They're not my soulmate. But it's like, wait a second. 
they checked a bunch of other boxes that are important in a kingdom marriage, and you're going to disregard them because one thing that you think is on your soulmate list is not a match. You don't have it in common. Like, what? Are you serious? They would have been a great match for you. Another thing that happens when you're looking for this perfect person that's your soulmate is you're overlooking red flags in them because you're so blinded by the idea that they are the person meant for you. What I mean by this is that they have everything in common with you. You are a perfect match. So my college relationship, I thought he was my soulmate. We were a perfect match. And I overlooked a lot of red flags that were not something I wanted in a husband. And I did that for a while, but it was because I thought he was my soulmate and that we were a perfect match. And eventually figured it out and got out of it. But I just say that to say that you are overlooking negative things that the person is offering because you think that they're your soulmate. Happens all the time. I've heard many stories. This can also cause you to be unhappy in a good relationship due to unrealistic expectations it creates. For example, thinking their soulmate should be able to tell how they feel about certain situations without communicating how they actually feel about it. Insert communication issues. This, I started smiling and giggling a little bit when I read it because this was something that was very prevalent in all of my relationships. And after I read that part of the book, I was like super convicted because I thought that they were my soulmate, right? I thought that like God literally put us here on earth to find each other. I assumed that they understood me completely as a person. They knew everything about me. They knew how I was feeling. They knew what was wrong when something was wrong. And I was the girl that literally would go pout and they would be like, what's wrong? And I would be like, nothing, I'm fine. And I would want them to guess. Like I'm sitting here in front of this camera and on this mic admitting the fact that that was me. And I was so insecure. My identity was not in Jesus. (laughs) I did not find my confidence in Jesus. And I felt like I needed to like get validation that they were the person for me and that they knew everything about me. Um, So I would do that and I would throw a fit and they would ask what was wrong and I would say nothing, it's fine, whatever. And then the day would go on and they would never figure it out. And then I'd get frustrated and then it would end up starting a fight. And I was like, this is enough. I can't do this anymore. Um, Now I've grown as a person (laughs) a lot this past year and I would never do that anymore because I'm just so aware of it. So that's another thing is like, The Holy Spirit will convict you for things so that you are aware of it. You're more self-aware of what you're doing and you won't do it again. So if that were to ever happen again, I feel like I would just instantly be like, nope, we're not doing this. They ask what's wrong. Communication is important in a relationship. I'm going to tell them what's wrong. I'm not perfect. I still struggle, but that was a big thing. So your perfect match and soulmate, quote unquote, will not understand you and they will have to learn how you act and who you are as a person and what bothers you like little things and if they truly want to be with you they will be fully dedicated to getting to know every part of you and loving you for it no matter what so another thing he talks about divorce right so divorce rates have increased because people go off of this idea that they think they can find the one and live a fairy tale then They have to face the idea that marriage takes a lot of work. And once they see that, 
the other person might not be marriage material, then they are quick to leave. So this is another thing. I actually talked to my mom about this the other day because it was driving me crazy. Basically, in this culture, we're dating to find a soulmate. You date someone, you're talking serious for a while, you use the L word, which that's a whole other topic. (laughs) You find this person that's like perfect for you and meant for you. And you are with them for a little bit. You play marriage, whatever you want to call it. You're basically married, right? You act like a married couple. And then there is conflict or something bad happens in the relationship that you need to work through together. But since you're just dating, then you start to think, you know what? Maybe they're not my soulmate. They're not perfect. They made this mistake. You know what? That's it. I'm going to jump ship because we're just dating. That's easy in dating, right? Well, if you get used to doing that in dating and you are a serial dater, as we could call it, then you end up getting married one day. And you're like, well, I signed the papers. It's official. And now you're just quick to divorce because you've already gotten that mindset that when someone has one little flaw that is not the end of the world that you can work through, you jump ship. You've already taught yourself to do that. I already mentioned this, but yeah, marriage is hard. Not that I would know because I'm not married, but it's pretty obvious. Relationships in general are hard. And then once you get married, you have kids, life hits you in the face and you grow up and you deal with real world problems and adult problems and there's just a lot. So find someone to fight the fight with. And I mentioned this earlier, marriage is between two imperfect people. It will never be some Hollywood fairy tale story. When you marry someone, they become the one You've committed to love for the rest of your life. God did not put us here on earth to find our soulmates. He put us here on earth to find another imperfect person who's following him that we can grow the kingdom with. And once you pick that person and God gives you the peace about that relationship and basically like says, go for it, then they become the one you've been looking for, right? So we're going to go to Mark 10 verses seven through eight. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and these two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. So once you find someone and you get married, then you become one under God. And just a side note, because he mentioned this in the book, and it is such a good point, because everyone's always like, oh, I find the one, and how they are right now is how they need to stay forever, right? But no, okay? They will be the one when they gain or lose weight, get cancer, lose their job, or make mistakes because everyone isn't perfect. We all commit sin and we go through phases in life. If you're a guy looking for a female and you plan on having kids, she's going to get pregnant. She's going to get a belly and then she's going to have to work really hard to get all of that off after the baby and health issues arise like the cancer they could lose their hair anything in this life can happen and you need to find someone that no matter what you're willing to get through it I mentioned this at the beginning but if you're looking for a soulmate you're looking for Jesus because he is the only one that can truly satisfy your soul so this was something that I realized after my last relationship was that I was looking for someone else to satisfy me when really I just needed to look to Jesus. 
and I was trying. I was going to church, like we were going to church together. I felt like I was doing everything right. I felt like I had a relationship with God. But then after we broke up, I had that deep encounter with God that I talked about in my first episode, and it changed everything for me. My entire perspective, the way that I acted, like the way that I was as a person, Jesus changed me. So once you find your confidence and your identity in Jesus Christ, then you are able to be the best version of yourself for someone else without having to rely on them to complete you, essentially. Now we're going to go into how do you know if you found someone that is worthy of being your spouse because soulmates don't exist. So if it's not that obvious that your souls are meant to be together, how are we supposed to figure it out? right? How are we supposed to figure out if someone would be a good match? First things first, I have, let's see, I have five things written down. So we're going to go through all five of them. So the first one, actions speak louder than words. You've probably heard this a million times, but it is true. If they are saying one thing and doing another, trust their actions more than their words. I can sit here and tell you, whatever I want. But if I'm not actively doing it in my own life, then you wouldn't believe me. Their actions should always align with the things that they are telling you. It is so easy for someone to say, I am a woman or a man of God, but are they proving that to be true by their actions? This is another thing to be worried about is, are they truly a devoted follower of God? Or are they just saying that because they know that you are? This was something that I struggled with in the dating world all last year because I would meet someone and then their actions wouldn't prove that they were a man of God. So I left and got out of those situations. Do they truly follow God's word? Everyone falls short of sin. If it is reoccurring and they are not seeking God to deliver them from it, that is an issue. So are they controlled? Are they able to control their sin? So if they come to you and they're like, hey, I'm just going to be honest. I'm struggling with this sin right now. I know it's not honoring you or our relationship, but I'm working on it. I'm going to God with it. I haven't done it for so-and-so long, whatever. And they're like actively trying to control themselves by going to God and not like It's good that they're honest with you, like, hey, I have this sin, and this is something that I'm working through, but if they're just, like, throwing it away like it's nothing and they're continuing to do it, that's when it becomes an issue. So they can they control those parts of them that are not glorifying God? Number two, their relationship must glorify God. Each of you should have your own personal relationships with God. You do not want someone that is following God only because you are. They should encourage you to pursue God, but not be fully responsible for your journey with him. So the verse that everyone knows, 2 Corinthians 6.14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Do not be with someone unless they are also a Christian and have a relationship with God. I've had multiple comments on videos talking about how they have potential They're working on it. They're not where I am right now, but they're getting there. And it's like, okay, if you are a Christian and you're dating to marry, I don't date someone based on potential because I'm not going to marry on potential. Oh, well, you know what? They could eventually get to my point. I'm not going to go based off of that. They need to be where I'm at right now because a yoke is a wooden bar or frame used to join draft animals at the heads or necks so that they pull together. There's a reason why 
the word yoke is in that verse. Because if one of the oxen is not going at the same pace as the other one, it's not going to work. They're going to be dragging them and it's going to be uneven. So it literally the purpose of it is to keep them together so that they're walking at the same pace. If you are with someone who just started their journey or is still learning and you are to the point where you're like, I want to go be a preacher and I went through seminary, I learned theology, and I'm dating someone who just entered their journey with God. How's that going to work? That is why that verse is written in there is because you need to find someone who is also doing the journey. And another thing is you need to make sure that they are doing it or were doing it before you met them. And that's going to be very clear with their actions. So like I said, someone can easily sit here and be like, I'm a Christian, but they don't fully trust God with their life. They always have fear. Like there are just, there are many things that trickle out in this. They're always committing sin. They're hanging around bad people. Like this is just, you get the point. So it's important that we're with someone who has their own journey and we have our own journey so that we can both go to God together eventually. But the most important part about the beginning of dating is that you're, you both have your own relationship with God and it's not you two tied together already pursuing him. Number three, there is trust. If you want to be fully committed to someone and marry them, you must first trust them. Just like we have faith in God, we should be able to have faith in our partner that they will always do right by you. This is another thing that I struggled with and it wasn't because of people. It was just like I knew the generation that we were in and I didn't trust other people, which is sometimes what a lot of people say, but it's like, okay, if you don't trust someone else, if someone does do something that is putting that person in a situation where they're going to break your trust. Clearly, if you trusted them, they would be able to tell that other person like, no, doing this or whatever would be unfaithful to the person that I'm with. So either way, I think it was just a lot of like built up emotions and like lack of confidence in myself that I was just like putting it on my relationships and I didn't want to trust them, even though they did nothing wrong. So Trust is super important in a relationship and making sure that you have that trust before you decide to marry them. Okay, we're going to move on to number four. Pray about the potential relationship you are pursuing and God will provide you peace if it is a good fit. If you feel uneasy about it and like something is off, chances are the Holy Spirit is giving you discernment to leave the relationship. Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Anything in our life, we should always take to God. If you pray about it and you are really praying about it, not I'm not talking about like right before you go to sleep and you're like, I really like this guy and I want to know if he would be a good fit for me to marry. So what do you think? <laughs> Actually pray wholeheartedly about God, is this person someone that I can marry and that would be a good fit and would glorify you? This was something that I did. Like I like got deeper in my journey after my relationship ended and that is why it ended. We were not getting along. Something just like didn't sit right with me. I was actually staying at my parents' house on a Saturday night and he was out of town. I just felt so uneasy. And I went to bed, normal, whatever. 
and I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, something suddenly woke me up. I felt sick to my stomach. I knew something was off. I didn't know what it was, but I just knew something was going on. I got on social media, which was not a good idea. And I saw that he posted something. So I knew that he was awake. And so I was like, oh, do I call him? Do I figure out if something's going on? Like, I didn't know. I didn't do anything. I put my phone down and I prayed. I was like, God, I don't know what's going on. Only you know what's going on. And I trust you completely with my life. I knew that I was not strong enough to end the relationship. I prayed that God would give him the courage to break up with me and give me the strength to get through it. Word for word is what I prayed that night. Sunday rolled around. I go throughout the day, normal. We're talking here and there. We were still kind of in a fight. And he called me later that evening and broke up with me. I was speechless. At the time, he had no idea what I prayed. The old me would have been like, what? No, 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 no. Let's work things out. Like I want to be with you. But I knew that that was an answered prayer. So I hung up the phone and I just sat in that moment with God the rest of the night. If you leave your mind open to letting the Holy Spirit speak to you when you're in a relationship and that's your constant prayer is give me this discernment. Would this be a good match? He'll give it to you. It's happened to me all last year too. Every guy that I went on a date with, I was like, God, every night I would come home and I would be like, give me peace about this relationship if it's something that would glorify you. And I never had peace about any of them. If you open your mind to letting the Holy Spirit give you the discernment about a relationship, he will. The one thing you have to keep in mind though is that it's probably not going to be an answer that you want. I will be the first to break it to you because that's what happened to me. That's something that I still struggle with. I still am angry and I'm like, why did this happen? And I knew that it was something that I needed to go through because I needed to grow. And the amount that I've grown since that breakup has been tremendous. Number five, I'm going to talk about basically everything that Outdated said in the book. And he talks about how do you know if it is a good match? So you should both be on the same page with your beliefs. Do you believe in God and how he sent his one and only son to save us from our sins? Finances, are you both financially responsible? Goals, what are some things you want to accomplish together as husband and wife? What kind of life do you want to build together? Family, are both of your families involved and do you get along with them? children? Do you both want children and how will you parent them? Will you both continue to work after you have children or will the mother stay home? And then expectations. What things do you expect from the other person in your marriage? And lastly, conflict. How will you resolve and work through conflict? So these are all important things that you should have in common before you decide this is someone I want to marry. Another thing to keep in mind is that you are finding someone that already feels the same way as you. An example would be sitting down and you guys talking about children, right? You have that family conversation. You're like, I want two kids and that's it. And they're like, me too. When in reality, they've been telling people that they want four. Don't find someone that's a yes man. That's just like, whatever you want is what I want. Because chances are they're only saying that to get you. And then once they get you, they're going to change their mind. So you guys will start dating, eventually get married, and then one day he'll be like, can we have another kid after two? And you're like, wait a second, I thought we only wanted two. We had already talked about this. 
and that arises conflict. So just make sure that you're finding someone who is like giving you a true answer and not just going with the flow. That is all I have. We talked about some good stuff with soulmates. Go check out that book if you have not read it. It's really good and it'll change your perspective on Christian dating. So no, there are no soulmates and we are here to find someone to do life with that will help us grow the kingdom. Thank you guys so much for watching or tuning in. I appreciate you guys supporting me so much and I'm so glad that we're getting on a roll with these episodes. So stay tuned for the next one. I'll see you guys soon.